1: Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And
0: I'm Bill Swirla. We missed you. (laughs) Where
1: have you been? (laughs) I have been on my back. Oh, man. I have been just dying of disease and decay. uh, The the holidays will always do that, too. It's unconfessed sin in my life. (laughs) It's it's residual
0: sin of 2009, (laughs) just being burned off in the purgatory of life. I got
1: nailed. I got nailed with really severe bronchitis, and I'm still (laughs) not back on my game. I I may have a coughing spasm as we uh, go along. Dude, what's new
0: you sounded like death warmed over when I oh, called gosh. you on Friday. We're supposed to do this on Friday. Yeah,
1: last week, yeah. whatever
0: day that is. And and uh, and I thought uh, it ain't gonna happen. I was like, I don't think
1: we're gonna make it.
0: <laughs> I thought <laughs> oh, I got to find a new God Whispers partner. I'm doomed. It's all over.
1: But but you're back by the grace of God and, the, and through the magic of chemistry, chemistry and and and, and and wonderful drugs. Yes. Well, and remember that all
0: healing comes from Christ. He, yes. he, even if even if it is by through the instrumentality of a z-pack the, the giver of drugs who man my savior well i got i got i got whacked by the flu last week but it was, yeah, you it were was that. I, I call it the 24-hour inoculation <clears throat> you know since i've never gotten around to getting getting my flu my government issue flu shot mm. so i come home at 4:30 in the afternoon and i say to my wife i'm not feeling right by 5.30, I am shaking like I'm standing naked and 20-degree below weather. Sorry for that image.
1: Double plus, I'm good.
0: <laughs> Frying bacon. Not, I got it in. good. Nice. Bacon. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was just shivering. I'm piling on sweats and, and a bathrobe and nothing. Now, you know, it's the fever shakes. Yeah. And this continues all night, slamming Tylenol. Wake up next morning, not bad. I'm, I'm back in the w- sweat. Were
1: home. you alternating hot and cold? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's yes.
0: good. The sweats and the shakes, you yeah, can't beat stuff. it. Yeah. But I am rock immune now. That immune system got a little
1: bit of a workout. It was like, it was like cardio for my immune system, the treadmill. Now, wait, I, I just heard the T word out of your mouth. I, I thought you were opposed to Tylenol with your chemistry back, background. No, not all at all. Stuff.
0: No, no, just, not, just in moderation. Oh. I read somewhere you have only so many Tylenol you can pop and then your liver
1: spontaneously combusts. It's like you have so many beats in your heart. You <laughs> right? know, you, That's why I'm opposed to exercise. You know, you don't want to use don't, up those precious don't, beats. Don't
0: ramp the heart rate up. <laughs> it's like nine lives in a cat, you know, so we're burning them up like crazy. Or, I,
1: I have a friend whose motto is no pain, no pain. That's his exercise motto. At, well, you know. No pain, no pain. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> housekeeping. Yeah. We're, we're kibitzing
0: yep. already, and we haven't even gotten to house. But, you know, we've missed each other. I mean, I Let's face it. It's just good to see you again. Ah, thanks. <laughs> I didn't even bring any bacon today. Oh, no. I, I'm still working on the Moe's Dark. Um, you know, that... That I think is destined to be a cult episode. Our friend Tracy really likes it. She, she's a loves, big fan. She loves the bacon, the bacon chocolate episode. Uh, <laughs> my wife says she just listened to it recently and was just laughing hysterically through the whole first half. Well, it's her fault. Yeah. It's your wife's fault. She she orchestrated and engineered right. that. But uh, what a what a marvelous thing that was! Chocolate, dark
1: chocolate. With bits of apple smoked bacon. Now I haven't checked the God Whisperers hotline lately. We may have a few messages on there, or we may not. People, um, people leaving us all kinds. Of, we we have actually some some uh, some good email. Yeah, we've we'll been getting.
0: But some. let's let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, what's the Skype number? Right. You have if,
1: if you would like to call the Manly Doctors hotline or the God Whisperers hotline, it is Manly Doctors thirteen or six two six five nine three. 7713. Nice. And uh, email and all that good stuff. Bill?
0: Email, godwhispers at gmail.com. Always appreciate your email. And uh, I've actually I've got the email a little bit better sorted out now so that I don't lose it. And, and that's really good. Um, and also, then the website, of course, is godwhispers.org or godwhispers.com. Uh you can follow us on Twitter. I occasionally tweet, but that's kind of rare. I uh, Twitter and I never we never really got on. It just it just never really no, me it either. didn't happen for me. I, I you know what I hear
1: all of about five or six times, I think. You know what bugs me the most
0: is I have to shorten URLs to make them fit in that one hundred and forty character criteria. Cool.
1: Criteria on and well, uh what kind of websites are you telling people about ours. Really? Yeah. Well, the, the, really sub, is that? the sub-cat- only, like, what, 18 characters? No, 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 no The subdirectory
0: for the for the specific episode. It starts to lengthen out pretty oh. quickly. And you can't say anything. It's just pure, it'd be pure URL at that point. So you have to go to one of these shorturl.com things and convert it. And by the time you're done, I am bored. Yeah. Uh, we're also on Facebook. There's an official God Whispers fan page. And then there's also my favorite. The God Whispers has driven me to therapy. That's right. And <laughs> although I thought the God Whisperers was therapy, no, but no, it it will it will it will do harm. And uh, uh, apparently, these are the harmed. These these are the
1: people <laughs> who have been hurt in a profound way. Now, I I want to address a grievance here, and I, I realize it's not even Festivus. <laughs> We're beyond that. But no, no more no but, more addressing but grievances. I, I have a grievance here on the Wittenberg Trail. Huh? They are no longer keeping. I a, saw we've we've hit the max. I guess either that or they've stopped counting because of us. We've made everyone else look so <laughs> inferior no. with our volume. No,
0: they figured we're a bu- <laughs> Jim, our buddy Jim, who just sits there so lonely. <laughs> I, I dialed in a few days ago just to see what was going on, and and actually posted something. Uh, it it just it was bizarre over there. It's like yeah, I did too. It's and, like the thread is like an abandoned space station that keeps. Sending out a signal every five minutes
1: or so. What, what were those little furry critters on the old Star Trek? Trivels or something? Yeah, like the trivels. Those, those, those are cute. Those are yeah. It's, it's it's like it's been taken over by the, the trivels <laughs> or whatever right. they are.
0: Space debris.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the wreckage. That's
0: the wreckage of a God Whispers <laughs> experiment gone bad. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I, I love it. Um,
1: we we do leave those uh, who listen in there. I guess so. mm-hmm.
0: we we have um, we have a, a, a really good we have a couple of, of good um, uh, emails. One, one in particular stands out for a topic we should take up some time, and that is canon. Oh, uh, Damien, yeah, yeah, one. yeah. He says to do an episode on how the Bible was put together and uh i think that's a that's that's a really good that that'd be a great episode yeah uh, to to look at and he had some other questions as well but but uh, that that is a a dedicated episode it would be a lot of fun we'd have to think about who um who we could bring in that might
1: uh might talk about canon hmm and I, I we do have some canon lawyers in the Missouri. City, well, yeah, but, we uh, do. I don't think that that's the right. And situation. we're getting
0: a lot of bacon references, which I really appreciate. Uh, you know, Gary sends us a, a little bit of a bacon commercial here. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just you, you gotta you gotta you just just feeling the love all over in the form
1: of bacon is 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 really really something. Now, that, when I, when I was sick. I, um, I I was obviously delirious, but I got on a website called ExtraNormal dot com, where you can create videos and whatnot, cartoony type things, and I worked up a couple of God Whispers commercials. Oh, you were doing this in a fever delirium? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was that out explains of my mind. that it was explains. But uh, if you go to Facebook, you can watch these two commercials. Uh, Swirla, I think, refuses to put them up on the God Whisperers website, and probably for good reason because they are. Oh, that's really you really wanted strange. Me,
0: You wanted me to do that? I don't know. still I, no, I can do that. I
1: just got to point my I finger can at that. someone and assign blame. But uh, there there are some very good bacon references in these, so I, I encourage you to go to our Facebook <laughs> and uh, check out these two commercials. I'm sure there will be more coming as the inspiration hits.
0: Do you uh, do you, do you recall, hopefully with fondness, the uh, bacon bikini thing that I said? <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Man, it's it's amazing what Google Images will get you <laughs> as you start to play with. No, the...
1: I didn't actually see an image. I just thought you were trying to get my attention. There was an image?
0: Yeah, I sent you an image.
1: <laughs> oh. Well now I'm gonna to have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, the bacon the
0: bacon bikini was uh, that that one that was notable. All right. Uh,
1: well, I'm I'm uh, heading for Google Images.
0: Before you now. got sick, what did you do? Did you do anything uh with your family? Um how did things go Ew, at church? For the holy days?
1: The holy days and holidays. Yeah. Um we we simply had um, some real nice worship. Uh, our, our Christmas we, Eve we service... We had some real nice yeah, worship. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, <laughs> Is that how we refer I'm, to this I'm around Googling, here?
0: Uh,
1: I'm Googling... It's like,
0: it's like sipping a brandy, you know? Mm. Oh, we had some real nice good, worship. Good vintage
1: worship. Uh, you can't ask me these questions while I'm Googling bacon bikini. <laughs> we'll put that away now. <laughs> Look at that at break. Um, we, we had... Uh, a small turnout at my church, which we always do for Christmas Eve, all the young people leave and and go off to orange County and other places. Uh, but we were heavy on programming. We had a lot of music and, uh, we had uh, well. Your he-
0: wife's the organist, yes. Heather
1: Heather sang a solo; is fantastic. Oh yeah, she has a beautiful voice. And we had uh, our, our uh, two of our little girls who were uh, in fourth grade. They sang "Come, Little Children." And oh, nice! And uh, Stan offered up a solo. Who, I didn't who know he really, sang. He does a fine job. That's He's nice. got a very nice That's voice, good. and and so we we had a really nice uh, a musical Christmas Eve. It was. Um, uh, hymns and, uh, and readings for the most part. And, uh, and then I tortured everyone with a homily <laughs> and, uh, and we said Merry Christmas and went home and ate or whatever we do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, spent time with my family and with Paula's family. It was, it was nice. It was mm. really, really nice.
0: We did our usual, uh, our <clears throat> Christmas Eve, uh, readings and carols. And I was a little disappointed in attendance this year. I, it usually that that has a pretty robust attendance, but we were we were down considerably, and it's too bad because I think the choir uh Marilyn our organist and choir director she she just did a superlative job this year did you just find the bacon bacon actually I found bacon bra which <laughs> it's is getting bad I'm making a face let's, over let's <laughs> let, let's let's we got to retain our our clean rating on iTunes yeah, so maybe sad. put your laptop away would you um but well, we did we did readings and carols uh and and uh, we i really like this service um because it's a combination of sacred hymns but also some lighter carols too and our, our choir director is very good at finding uh you know the, the carol is an interesting form because it takes a little bit of liberty with the the um the story per se it's not like a hymn that's absolutely you know scripturally and doctrinally uh, perfect, but but carols are interpretive, and uh, so we, we we did some nice carols and uh, a little bit more obscure Christmas music, and then Christmas Day was the divine service, and uh, for that we had we had really good attendance. I, I was I was pleased with well not I mean I was pleased with Christmas Day. Now we did our usual uh, pilgrimage to tomorrow Bay. Oh yeah, you always do that every year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, our anniversary post Christmas escape slash anniversary. Yeah, right?
0: well, it's it's good strategy to put to park your anniversary <clears throat> right right next to Christmas because it saves your shopping and, and things
1: like that. And uh, and plus the church is always decorated for your anniversary, so your wife speel, feels more <laughs> yeah, special.
0: Yeah, well, it was for our wedding too, <laughs> and uh, so but we went up to Morrow Bay, our favorite little hangout, and uh, did some very fine dining. Visited some people we hadn't seen in a long time in the San Luis Obispo. Went kayaking, a lot of bird watching, hiking. <laughs> Pretty nippy up there? Uh, no, pleasant, pleasant really? actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, you had to put a few layers on and that, but the one day we were hiking at uh, Montaña de Oro State Park, which is a beautiful, beautiful coast, uh, but, but it was warm. It was warm and sunny and, and, and really nice, but hmm. uh, uh, had my first Swedish massage.
1: Yeah, that's what you say, with your wife. In attendance,
0: yes. Actually, it was my gift to her. I I bought her an hour session at, uh, we stay at this inn, the inn at Morrow Bay, which is a great place. It's just a wonderful place. But um, as kind of a Christmas gift or an add-on or something, you know, I just wanted to do something while we were there. So I I bought her an hour at the, they have a spa there. And she likes the hand and foot massage.
1: You know, whatever it takes. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So, and but then I, I, they had a deal. There had I don't know. whether There was a discount, or they were just encouraging couples. You know, you might want to come to the spa together, share the experience, blah blah blah. So I'm looking. I said, okay, Swedish massage. That doesn't sound too tickly because I'm ticklish. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my,
1: this was good. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm going back. So did you have like the 250 pound? A uh, Swedish woman named Helga just <laughs> no, well, working you hard.
0: Well, no, she wasn't 250 pounds and she wasn't Swedish, but she was good. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's was it was this deep tissue? No, it was not ah. so called deep tissue
1: massage, which could, you know, can leave you bruised, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a really kinked up back. I used to date a massage therapist and she worked Ooh. on my back and, and I'd cry almost. Yeah, yeah, right. I You're mean, just, no, it, it's just, you know is so painful, and then you know fifteen minutes afterwards it's like, oh my gosh, that would you know pain's gone well, it it's is wonderful. it is so
0: incredibly relaxing for one thing and and i guess I guess all I have to say on this it is so incredibly human you know to to do to do massage therapy of any sort, you have to like your fellow man, yeah, I you can know. see that. I, I, which you know i'm not at that level <laughs> all, all this touching you know it's like i have real- I, I have personal space the size of Soviet airspace, you know, so for me, this is a reach, but man, is it relaxing It's good stuff huh? oh man, I just slept like a baby, yeah so no that that's highly recommended so that's going to be that's going become part of the uh the in at Marrow Bay regiment every year in addition to uh our favorite restaurants
1: no my wife's a big fan of uh there there's a place at the mall that they do the chair massages, you know, where you kind of lean over the, the the table type thing, right? And uh, there's the guy who owns it. He's this little Mexican guy, and man, he works. He just really works it out of you, I guess. And she, she loves that place. It's relatively cheap, too. Well, the,
0: yeah, the first time nice. I encountered it was when I messed up my shoulder while diving. And uh, I had just really... I, it wasn't enough for surgery, but it was enough for physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did about two months of physical therapy on the shoulder. And as part of that regimen, they, they, uh, they, did, a, they, they did a certain amount of upper back massage and neck massage because you get tremendous kinks as you try to compensate for a bum shoulder. Oh, yeah. And so they have yeah. to work all that stuff, and you could feel like you could you could tell there was visible there were knots, actual knots in the muscle. Mm-hmm. And boy, she'd go right for them and just kind of just just them. Yeah. again, And man, was that good? So uh, that was probably closer to the deep tissue experience that you described. But I'm gonna I'm gonna include that as part of the uh, the lifestyle management of 2010. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. That is 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 get more Swedish massages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'll be going back to this Hawaii. Could, this could be replacing bacon as the as
1: the, the the theme for 2010, Swedish massage. I'm I'm heading back to Hawaii in about three months. Oh, you poor and, thing! And uh, I'm I'm, I'm stowing away in your luggage. They, they do have massages on the beach. Sometimes. We're gonna we could do I'm the that might be nice. We could do the
0: the Maui <clears throat> Beach edition of the God Whisperers. Hmm. You know, the sound of surf crashing yeah. in the
1: background. Yeah, uh, the sounds of mai tais being sipped on the on the beach, and um... we we sat through the dreaded uh, timeshare presentation. Oh gosh, and, and I I just. Told him there's no way. I did there's one of those once. No stinking way. And and the thing is they wanted thirty five grand plus twelve hundred bucks a year for this thing. And and I got on the internet that morning, and I could buy it used for five or six thousand. Oh, yes, all day could. long. Yeah, that's right. As so I, I told the guy, I said, "Look, Look you kind know, of rube, do you think I am? You, you're giving me a free luau here, so I'll sit through your presentation. <laughs> but I can go down the street and buy it for five grand right now. Why would I pay you thirty five thousand? Well, you know, you don't understand. So I sat through the ninety minutes, and I said, "Okay, you've wasted your time. I'm out of here." And uh, they said, wait, let us give you one more shot at this. And and I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, if we give you a really cheap stay at the resort again, uh, will you sit through the presentation again? And I said, well, how cheap are you talking about? (laughs) And uh, is a two bedroom, two bath condo on Kauai for a week for 800 bucks? So we're taking another couple with us. It's costing oh, you're us doing 400 it. bucks. You're not taking us, and I got to sit through uh, another 90 minute presentation where I'm going to walk in and look the guy in the in the eye and say, "Hell will freeze over before I buy this." <laughs> so That's we good. we can shake hands now and leave amicably, or we can torture each other for 90 minutes and waste your time and mine. So we'll see. My wife concluded that what we do at Morrow Bay is essentially a timeshare. What you do me, in Morro Bay stays in Morro. <laughs>
0: <Bay>. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, but but we we yeah, that's nice. We um, you know, we go there every year. We spend about four days up there. And uh the the inn is quite reasonably priced for what it is and, and it includes breakfast or they have all these deals that go on, especially between Christmas and New Year's. But we become regulars. We know people up there and, oh, nice. uh, and stuff and, and I'll tell you it's a lot cheaper than a timeshare. Oh yeah. And we can do it whenever we want. Sounds good. So it, you know, I don't I don't understand the economics or lack thereof of timeshare. So do you want to talk about the Augsburg Confession at all or do we we're nah. we just gonna talk about uh
1: you know, vacation
0: plan. The, the smart money on the
1: God Whispers is you, you fast forward. You fast forward the first 25 minutes, and then you might no, get something. Oh, people love this. That's the smart money. Or not.
0: I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> and, and do we care? But we don't
1: care. Level. Oh, there is one other thing in this casual stream. Oh, we should have hit this early on. Haiti? because you talk we, about Haiti? we've lost people but, here. Well, this is this
0: is this is a now this now that Neil Postman experience going from Swedish massage and vacations, but <laughs> right. but you're right. This was supposed to be at the front end, we're, and we're, th- this is an
1: oversight on, yeah, on your part. It's my fault. <laughs> it's, it's all my fault. Right. We're recording on Wednesday. Yesterday on Tuesday there was a, a major earthquake in Haiti. Yep. Uh, I heard on the news this morning they may have as million as much as a half a million dead from this thing. Mm. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a country of 9 million people, I mean, that's 18%. That, that, that's amazing. But uh, as usual, the LCMS to the rescue here with the LCMS World Relief, Matt Harrison, our buddy. Uh, first thing this morning, I get an email saying we are at work on this. And uh, we, the God Whisperers, never ask you for money. Except in the swag store. The swag store, and and I think we made four or five bucks on that. Uh, I spent all of our swag dollars on ornaments <clears throat> that I gave away to my friends. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> girls, drugs, ornaments, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, but we we would really appreciate it, and, and we're going to do this also. At least I am. I can't speak for Sorla but uh, please go to the LCMS's homepage, org, and look for the button that says Give to Earthquake Response, and um, this is a place where you can do tremendous good. The LCMS World Relief is always one of the first organizations there and one of the last organizations out and uh, Harrison and Culver and those guys do tremendous work. And uh, if you would be so kind and gracious, please do go to org and, and give generously. There are, are thousands of people who are really suffering over there right now. And uh, God willing, the gospel can go out with us. And I don't know if you want to add anything.
0: Not much to add except that, uh, <clears throat> that Pastor Harrison and LCMS World Relief, uh, I think, are one of the finest um, relief organizations, also human care. LCSN yes. cares with that, too. But, um, you know, you, you're always concerned about where the dollar goes. And right. does the dollar go? Is it well spent? And and as, as he was when he was on our show, he talked about this, is that mm-hmm. one of the things is they are in areas for the long haul, for mm-hmm. rebuilding uh, and for establishing really uh, long term relationships and that, and I, you know, I, I've, you and I both have a contact with with Haiti because of our friend Pierre, right? Uh, who does he works with a medical group mm-hmm. that goes down, and he goes down every, at least once a year uh, to do a medical mission. Yeah, he's work been going two or three
1: there. times a year. Later. Yeah, and,
0: yeah, and he says, you know, the poverty, the um, just it, it's just really, really uh, appalling. Uh, yeah. the place that's so close to to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is so poor, and and you know, and I know that in a place where construction standards mean everything when it comes to earthquakes, right. uh, you know the construction standards are are
1: poor. No, I, I've heard that a good portion of the presidential palace has, has collapsed. Right. You know, it's amazing. And this is a 7-point-something S- Yeah, 7-0 oh or whatever. But, yeah. And that's huge.
0: Yeah, and, it and it would do damage here, too. But nothing, <clears throat> nothing like in, in these poor, lesser-developed countries right. where the construction is just no good. Lots of unreinforced concrete and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just crumbles. Yeah. And unfortunately, it crumbles on people. So uh, yeah, I, as as you're able, and and I think this that's a good place to direct um, relief dollars is LCMS World Relief.
1: When, when the ratings for these relief com- uh, companies organizations come out on a regular basis, the LCMS World Relief is always toward the top uh, of most amount of money on the dollar actually getting to where it's supposed to go a very reputable and and uh, clean reputation
0: well and as as you know as Pastor Harrison said on, on our show that uh, there's they are still doing tsunami relief mm-hmm. you know this is long after pe it's out of the headlines and long after governments have lost interest um, they're still Dispersing monies and still doing things and, and rebuilding and that. And that goes a long way. It also goes a long way to establishing ties that spread the gospel too. Right. And that's a you know, that's part and parcel. It's kind of it's not one or the other, it's both and. Right. Right. So very cool. Thanks for, thanks for reminding yeah. us. And uh, we're, uh, we're talking about uh, Article 23, right?
1: 23. So 23 the, the Marriage of Priestesses.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, we chuckle at this article today, I suppose, but, but it's still as timely as ever. And in many ways, maybe more timely. I, I think we have enough time to start it.
1: Yeah, and, we've got uh, about three and a half minutes left here. It, you know, it's kind of wordy.
0: <laughs> it's kind of wordy, but the wordiness indicates historically how important <clears> this <throat> issue was at the time of the Reformation. Uh, remember that Luther and all of the Reformers, well, I don't know how many of the Reformers, but you know, Luther was, was, a, uh, he was a monk and a priest, mm-hmm. and, uh, and as such, he took vows of celibacy, and uh, it, this was a big deal in 1525 when he got married because uh, he was breaking a vow that he had made a solemn holy vow and uh, recognizing that this vow was contrary to the Word of God, and, and he was convinced of that. In fact, I think Luther says somewhere that he married for confessional reasons. It was, right. it was a statement of confession.
1: Yeah, his, his marriage to Katie was pretty much a, a marriage of convenience at the beginning. Uh, in a, in a lot of ways. He
0: jokes that he was the last to go. She right. was the one who brought all these, these ex-nuns to him yeah. uh, to find husbands, right. from which comes the quip, you know, it's bad enough I'm, the reform- I'm a reformer, I have to be a pimp as well he said <laughs> and uh <laughs> that'll that'll get letters and and uh and so um it was well, she was promised to another wasn't she you know i it i i not work out i don't know the story to, i think that's correct yeah. I, but but he was kind of last and i think sometimes he's just teasing her too i that, that clearly was a very warm and loving uh marriage oh and, yeah and,
1: he, he fell madly in love with her
0: but uh but but it, the 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 thing was he he really was uh, in a state of confession uh and 1525 is a pivotal year for Luther the year he got married uh, the year he wrote the bondage of the will uh, there's there's a it's kind of considered a, a a major milestone year in Luther's life if you're looking at the history of Luther 1525 is is kind of like the the end of early Luther the beginning of the sort of middle period of Luther and that but anyway the the article is wordy because of the the import of this um i'm going to pull it from the latin which is the lower um i think <laughs> We never quite get that straight, do we? Uh, But this is uh, Article 23, The Marriage of Priests, and uh, I think we should just read it and comment as we go, and uh, we might just kind of deviate off eventually. But it says, There has been common complaint concerning priests who have not been continent- <laughs> some things don't change, is there? <laughs> and and they're, not, they're not. talking about depends yeah, either. I think
1: that's kind of what I go to on first.
0: this account. Pope Pius is reported to have said that there were some re- there. There were some reasons why priests were forbidden to marry, but there ought now be far weightier reasons why this right should be restored. Uh, Plotina writes to this effect: since priests among us desired to avoid such open scandals, they took wives and taught that it was lawful for them to contract matrimony. In the first place, this was done because Paul says, because of the temptation to immorality, each man should have his own wife. That's 1 Corinthians 7, 2, uh, which is really kind of the New Testament understanding of marriage, uh, you know, that, that it, is, it is a remedy uh, it's seen as a remedy against sin. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, I just want to introduce the idea right, right at the outset that the uh, the attraction of the sexes and the sexual urge is a gift from God that's just basically inherent inherent in Genesis one twenty eight: "Be fruitful and multiply."
1: I, I have a comment here. We're out of time. We'll be right back after. this. <laughs> I've been really Welcome back to The God Whispers. I'm Craig Denofrio. And I'm Bill Swerla. Where we left off was... Neither of whom are celibate. <laughs> <laughs> You've been married for a lot longer than me too. Just celebrated
0: my twentieth anniversary. <laughs> yes. You know, my wife, I tell my wife sometimes, you know, you should be thankful we're not Roman Catholic, because then as a priest, I would I would I would have to take vows of poverty and chastity and obedience to the papacy. And and she always looks at me and smiles and she says, Well I'd have a hard time handling the poverty. <laughs> it's, it's rough. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, Where do we leave off here? Well, 1 Corinthians 7, 2 We're reading from, from Article right. 23. <clears throat> and again, uh, from the same chapter in 1 Corinthians, it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which sort of suggests that once you get married, the flames of passion die quickly. <laughs> well. That's not true, I hasten to add. Um, But, you know. Anyway, in the second place, Christ said in Matthew 19 that not all men can receive this precept. You'll recall that's when the disciples were trying to duck Jesus' teaching on divorce by saying, well, if that's how it is, it's better that a man not marry. Right. And Jesus as well, that's given to some, but not to all. By which he declared that all men are not suited. He uh, suited for celibacy because God created man for procreation. And there they cite Genesis 128, be fruitful and... And multiply, which is not a command. There are, a lot of people will try to make that into a command of law, but it's a blessing. You know, in Genesis it said, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. He also said that to the birds, the bees, and everything else, too. And and, and that's why reproduction happens. That's why babies happen. That's why the sexes are drawn together, um, because of this word, this drive to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, and that forms an important point, because uh You know, the Reformers said that you can't overturn the word of God by a man-made vow. Hmm. Moreover, uh, here it is, it is not in man's power to alter his creation without a singular gift and work of God. Therefore, those who are not suited for celibacy ought to marry. For no law of man and no vow can nullify a commandment of God and an institution of God. For these reasons our priests teach that it is lawful for them to have wives. So that's the, that's the uh, the first paragraph at least that introduces it. Um, it goes on to point out that historically this has been the case, and I think this is probably the oh, most yeah. important. It is also evident that in the ancient church priests were married. Paul said that a married man should be chosen to be bishop in First Timothy three two, and not until four hundred years ago were priests in Germany compelled by force. To live in celibacy, and that's really why this issue has such currency here in the Augsburg Confession. The apology was that it's a fairly recent innovation in their region that the priests were required to be celibate, and actually that marriages were broken up forcibly and their wives put into convents, um, and the whole deal. So this was, you know, this this was not a matter of choice. This was a, a a matter of papal law.
1: Well, the first pope seemed to have been married. Which is kind of an issue, I guess. Which one you were... Oh, you're referring Peter. to Peter? Well, <laughs> since Jesus healed his mother-in-law, yeah, let's, it's let's, hard to have a mother-in-law. Let's do the calculus married. here.
0: Peter had a mother-in-law. <laughs> okay. Uh, not only that, yeah, Paul, 1 Corinthians 9.5 says that, the, I guess, he and Barnabas were the only two amongst this whole company of apostles that weren't married. Hmm. So the whole bunch of them were married men. In fact, Paul's kind of weird because if he's studying to be a rabbi, he's expected to be married by yeah, 30. Yeah, that's
1: interesting, huh?
0: And so people speculate, was he widowed, was he divorced, was he whatever? But uh, you know, Paul doesn't say, he just says that, that he, he considers his single celibacy to be a unique gift and desirable but not given to all, obviously.
1: Indicating probably that Paul was a little strange by most standards. That
0: uh, well, I don't know about strange, but would have been viewed strangely right. within the culture of Judaism. Yeah, especially as yeah, especially as a rabbi.
1: True. Well, and maybe even a little socially awkward in, in that sense also. <laughs> what are you saying? He just couldn't get the chicks? Or no, 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 no. I'm just saying that, look, I have friends who have the gift. The gift. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and And these are these are men who are given to books instead of people, you know, for the most part. Are, are you going to be touting your website soon? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. no. But uh, ChristianSocialArts.com is a fine place to go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was
0: coming in up. discussion no, somewhere but,
1: but I I mean you you probably have some friends also who have have the gift of of Celibacy, as it were. Yeah. You know, they, they tend to be kind of asexual and they're, you know, they're, they're not gay. They're, they're not, they're simply they're not, not interested. They're, yeah. They're just, no, no, they, they are as, an, and, 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 and they would just assume have a library full of books <laughs> as a girl. Or something. Yeah. You know, but they're, they
0: are so consumed in, in what they're doing. Yeah. So focused in what they're doing um, that, that, in many ways, you know, I'm just thinking of people I know that they're they're not really marriage material in the sense that marriage does require attention. Right. And uh, even Paul says that, that the married man's attention is divided, and likewise the married woman. You know that you you are there to please your spouse, and and so and and that that's that's a godly vocation, mm-hmm. and it and and God pleasing in every way, and yet it it does divide your attention. Yeah. And I don't care whether you're talking about uh being a business executive or being a, a missionary priest somewhere in in the, the hinterlands uh, yeah. you know it almost makes sense in the early church that they sent uh <coughs> single men out into uh certain <gasps> venues because what a great way to uh to to shut the pastor up but threaten his family
1: <laughs> well yeah you know it, well and not, and not just that but You know, Paul makes this case that it is better to be single for the sake of the ministry and this sort of thing. And if you're a single man, you don't have a wife or kids or anything like that, you can pick up and go on a moment's notice. Right. You you don't have to consider, well, how is this going to affect my wife? And how is this going to affect my kids? And am I going to be able to provide for them? And, you know, yeah, no, let's go. You know? Yeah, right. there's, There's a lot to be said for that. But... not to the exclusion of the other.
0: Yeah, see, the thing is, uh, the the whole notion of priestly celibacy is not couched in pragmatic terms. It's not about uh, what you're saying. No. But it's this this warped notion of holiness, that somehow there's something about sex. Sex is dirty. Yeah, that that is sub-holy. Right. And, and I think you, you were reading me something when we were preparing about that there were decrees about about not having sexual relations before the Mass or something. Right, right. And, and we're not talking like just before. We're talking about what, like 72 yeah, hours is, before? This uh, is uh,
1: in the year 306, the Council of Elvira in Spain. Decree number 43 a priest <laughs> who sleeps with his wife the night before the Mass will lose his job. No kid. You're h- fired. How are they going to know this? I don't know.
0: See, this is one of those we're, things. We're watching you. Yeah, this is an empty threat. <laughs> Whose job is it to enforce this? Uh, that's the, what I want to know. Yeah,
1: I guess the guys would gather around with the priest the night before to make sure there was no hanky panky. But or you know, something. you know what that's about,
0: though. I mean, that's 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 an that's an analogy or an imitation of
1: Levitical right, code, you right, know, and, yeah. and the idea that you are unclean, unclean. Well, there there were similar prohibitions on the uh, the Jewish priesthood, right? Well, well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is is that it in Levitical law that that of necessity.
0: Um, sexual relations would render you unclean. I forget for how
1: long, but the priests would be under that kind of thing. This is a good one. Uh, 385, Pope Sirisius, Sirisius, Sirisius. S-I-R-I-C-I-U-S, uh, left <laughs> his wife in order to become pope and decreed that priests may no longer sleep with their wives. Well, so, oh, have a wife, but you can't touch her.
0: Well, you know, I, I reading, <laughs> reading between the lines... Um, Artificial
1: in, insemination?
0: No, no, no. no Test
1: no. tube babies in 385? Re-
0: reading between the lines in 1 Corinthians 7, I, there may have been some of that uh, going on in 1 Corinthians, in Corinthians you know, so-called <clears throat> platonic or spiritual marriages. Hmm. Because, you know, remember yeah, Paul says yeah, 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 that if, yeah. if one is not acting properly toward one's parthenos, toward right. one's virgin, they should get married. And, and I, I've never been able to make sense of that, and I read some commentator somewhere that indicated that this was perhaps an experiment in, in a, a platonic marriage in the sense that, that uh, again, it's this, this low view of sex. Hmm. and so so they were living together, but they were and and so they enjoyed one another 's company and and that but but not sexually uh but Paul then basically says you know if you're if you 're not able to do that you ought to ought to marry and that so it makes sense what he's saying makes sense <coughs> Um, you know that's still done. That that is done today. I, I understand that John Michael Talbot, uh, whom whose music I think we both enjoy, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I had heard, and this this is kind of hearsay, but I would heard in a some kind of in a, in a line, the CD line at one of his concerts that he was he was in some sort of a uh, spiritual marriage now. I'm um, in a spiritual marriage. Now, he's, in a, he's, a, he's not a priest. He's a <laughs> monk. But, but I guess they, they actually have this, that they're coupled, but there's no sex, no, no hanky-panky oh, here.
1: Well, that, I'm not in that kind of a spiritual relationship. Though. No. <laughs> but there is a bonding of the spirits that seem to occur here. Augustine said in 401, quote, Nothing is so powerful drawing the spirit of man downwards as a caress of a woman. There you have it. And here's a guy who liked women.
0: I don't know that he did. I mean, he had a he had a girlfriend and
1: a kid out of wedlock. He had but, a concubine. Yeah, but, but uh, that he liked women is a little bit. Okay, he hated women, but he had a concubine. That doesn't make sense. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: so you know, at the heart of this, uh, at the, I think there are a couple of things at the heart of this. First, um, this this is a question of God's ordinance. Uh, God's word, especially his creative word, you know, be fruitful and multiply. It's it's the way the human race is propagated. And a simple vow of man, and specifically one not commanded by God, uh, is not going to overturn that. Taking a vow is not going to make one's sex drive go away, as probably many people have discovered to
1: their horror. Well, and then Origin went all the way and found yeah, out yeah, that didn't work either. Yeah, the old guy castrates himself in with this, rocks, and then got to add the oh, with rocks. You had to go there. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, three strikes. How how do you even pick up a oh, stone after I'm the first just, one? I don't know. I can't. Uh, no. Anyway. But he dis- he discovered though that that <laughs> the problem wasn't
0: down there. The problem was between the ears. Yep, and uh, and that's much to his horror. And then he couldn't be ordained in some parts because uh, they were following the Levitical code. Yeah, he that mutilated you himself. You could not have tr- crushed testicles and serve as a priest, dummy. So you know, should have looked at the fine print before you applied the rocks. I say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the other thing is church authority. Here is is by what authority does the church overturn a a, a clear word of God or add to the word of God? You right. know, making celibacy a requirement rather than a voluntary thing.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, th- this is this is I think where the Reformation "sola scriptura" kicks in. Um, although they could appeal to history too in the early centuries of the church, and I think the best appeal is First Timothy three, where we're in Ephesus. Paul actually requires it's not it's a good idea, but it's must that the bishop must be married, the yeah, husband of one wife, one wife, and yeah. and have children.
1: He must be a married man with children. This was a requirement in Ephesus. Now, is that a requirement that he must be married, or a requirement that he may not have more than one wife?
0: No, it's it's all or the way it through. Both? It's all the way through. Everything is is of necessity. <clears throat> Yeah, and then I take that married that, that uh, husband of one wife to mean married once. He must be married once, um, and 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 have children be, be and and have children in good, uh, you know, his household in good order. And I think there's a reason for this, as I think in Ephesus, Ephesus was the sort of the ground zero of Gnosticism. And uh, Paul in 1 Timothy already indicates that there are those coming with this doctrine of demons that enjoin marriage, that forbid the eating of certain foods. He's got the Gnostics perfectly in, in his crosshairs, or the proto-Gnostics. And so when he tells Timothy to drink a little wine instead of water only for the sake of your stomach and frequent ailments, that's tweaking on the Gnostics who were ascetics. The, hmm. At least this version was that they even celebrated their version of the Lord's Supper with bread and water instead of bread and wine uh. because wine was of the devil. Wine was, you know, that was evil. And so I think, I think it's just sticking it in their face when the, the spiritual leaders in the congregation, the Episcopoi, are married men with children Hmm. See that that gets away from this idea of celibate being more holy, or of single celibate being more holy. That gets down into the dirt. Well, it kind of earthy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It, it puts a it puts a a human being right uh, in in that office, and 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 basically deals with the the
1: physicality of our humanity, which is really at stake here. Now there were two kinds of Gnosticism. Basically, one was, and they both agreed: the spirit is good, the flesh is either of no account or evil. And the other side of this was, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. The earthy stuff doesn't really matter, so you may as well indulge in it all you want and just also make sure that you tend to the spiritual as well. uh, Versus this strict version that says... You know, just subdue the flesh. Anything physical is evil in and of itself, and so just avoid the physical and, and focus on the spiritual.
0: And, and they both share this common thing of, as you indicated, the split. Right. The, the, the platonic split, if you will, of material and spiritual, so that, that, um, that the higher spiritual stuff is not tied to the material and therefore, what goes on in the body and what deals with with bodily needs and and desires and the messiness of childbirth right. and, and and sex and everything else,
1: that is that is decidedly unspiritual. Now, the reason that I point this out is because the reasoning behind this celibacy seems to be that strict version. But then when the celibacy is practiced, man's baser nature seems to take over, and the other version kicks in where there's a lot of debauchery that seems to occur. And as long as you're doing your penance and all the spiritual stuff, well, you know, there's indulgences for that other stuff and that sort of thing. And it seems to be the natural reaction to this kind of strictness is we're going to justify things away, and the only way that we're going to be able to justify it is to really take the teeth out of the law and say, well, you know, we'll make some uh, allowances. And so from the very early days of celibacy, There have been problems with priests having concubines, and there being brothels for the priesthood, and illegitimate children, which I may actually be a descendant of a pope uh, in my Italian side. Oh, that's true. You're Italian. So you have Uh, (laughs) one of the... Hello? There we are. Uh, One of the Benedicts is uh, somewhere in my lineage, and if you listen to my grandmother, he's a great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather or something like that. Nice. Uh, Whereas if you listen to one of my aunts, he's an uncle, so who knows? <laughs> and maybe he's both an illegitimate child of a pope, now a Lutheran pastor. That could, wonderful. That, that
0: that could that could we could get a lot of mileage on that here on the God Whispers. But you, you know the, this this business of celibacy. It, it's yeah, I think you're right, it, and it, it jives with what Paul says in Romans seven about the law. Or Romans throughout. You know, the purpose of the law is to amplify sin and make sin utterly sinful. And so, if you te- attempt to impose law, and and deal with, say, sexual sin by law, you're going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. This is this is this this is not the remedy. This is going to further exacerbate the problem. Right. Um, as unfortunately, I believe, is the experience of the modern Catholic Church.
1: Well, and this is nothing new. Is, is, our experience today is not a new experience. This goes back, you know, the, the problems that are associated with it, not just the homosexuality, but just the, um, you know, the, the problems with the infidelity to the vow.
0: Well, the, the, the thing is, that because the vow is man-made and therefore contains no promise of God, you can make a vow of celibacy all you want. Right. But because it's not based on a firm word of God, you're on your own. You're on your own, yeah. And and really, the Bible puts it differently. It's not a matter of vow. It's a matter of gift. And those who are gifted don't need to grit their teeth and think about it.
1: Right. It, it's just
0: right. it just is a matter of it's it's a matter of their vocation. Um, and that they're not they're not they're not suitable for marriage. They're not fitted for marriage. And it's not a matter of gritting your teeth and toughing it out and and taking this vow and 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 uh, you know praying that God give you enough power to, to to deal with it, because quite the opposite, God has embedded in the creation the desire for the sexes and right. the desire to procreate. Um, there,
1: there's a reason women are hot. <laughs> God made them that way. You're
0: getting back to the bacon bikini, aren't you? Ooh, the bacon bikini. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the can things we say "hot." Well, actually, yeah, why why am I so careful hot. in the new year? You know, I don't know. We used to be able to drop S bombs. So all... we're getting you you're know getting cautious. You're being institutionalized. Ge- I was going to say that is the God. Screw Whispers the institution is, is is in danger of institutionalization we, right we here. We need to when embrace Swirla the... worries whether you can say hot
1: hot <laughs> <laughs> and not refer to temperature. You need to. Brace the libertine nature of the God-whispers, Bill. (laughs) I
0: think hot is a particularly juvenile way of expressing it.
1: That's okay. I'm pretty juvenile.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just saying.
1: Uh, One of the things also that I wanted to bring up here is good old Quentin Weschel-Schmidt at seminary taught us uh, that a lot of what happened here is this didn't actually become law in the Roman Catholic Church until 1123, and then it it was reinforced about 15 years later at the Second Lateran Council. But... What was going on is the church needed money, and if you were uh, the son of a duke or royalty or something, number one son would become the next duke, but what about number two and number three? And there was a practice called simony where good old pop would shell out 10 grand and buy you a a nice parish or make you a bishop somewhere. And so what would happen is son number two or three who would come into this with some wealth, uh, if we forbade you to marry and have children— then what would happen to that wealth after you died? Well, it would go to the church. And this is one of the ways that the Roman Catholic Church became so fabulously wealthy is these sons of royalty who were forbidden to have wives and families, at least legally recognized ones, uh, their their wealth and their properties would go to the Roman Catholic Church. And now the Roman Catholic Church is a huge property or, owner all around the world, and this is one of the main reasons. It's old money that goes back a thousand years.
0: Oh, it's old inheritance yeah. kind of stuff. right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt these things are all intertwined at some level. Follow the money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, getting back to what you were saying before about... Um, Things not getting better, but getting worse under under law, especially when it's just a man-made law too, is you have to wonder how much. Uh, I wonder a couple of things about, say, the Roman priesthood: is that that uh, how, how many people are deterred? Good people, people who'd be good men who would be good good pastors, right. are deterred from the ministry uh, because of the celibacy requirement. And and they know they're they're honest with themselves, and they know that they could not live that way. There there have been some kind of high profile cases too of mm-hmm. men who have left the Roman priesthood on account of that.
1: I went to seminary with one who oh, was really? uh, he, he was in line to be a Monsignor down in uh, San Diego, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with a girl.
0: Our local Monsignor here the, this happened to, and 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 he was he was older. Really? Two, yeah. And, wow. and all of a sudden, one day, he was not Monsignor anymore. <laughs> Oops. And the bishop was there to tell his congreg- big, huge congregation wow. that Monsignor is um, he's, he's, he's not going to be there anymore. And the word filtered out. See, they, they always knew about this woman. Who was a friend? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always told him. I said his name was John. I I said, John, you ought to become a Lutheran. You know, he was kind of he was very Lutheran sort of thinking. Come on over, come on over, dude. What are you you thinking? I know he always looked at my wedding ring with a certain envy. (laughs) You know, you you could just you could just see he just kind (laughs) of. We'd we'd go to these ministerial meetings, and he just kind of kind of look at the look at the wedding ring,
1: and (laughs) (laughs) it's not right. (laughs) It's just (laughs) oh, to be a Lutheran. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about this. If this was a qualification in our church body in the Missouri Synod, we'd have about 50 pastors, I think, <laughs> if that. Yeah. The the other negative effect I think you have is that
0: you draw people who are trying to work out issues. Yes. And and in a sense because because the focus it's like the spotlight is on sex, right? Or the absence thereof. And and this already happens I think in the ministry. People people will sometimes um, go into the ministry or at least go into the seminary mm-hmm. in the hopes that this close association with the Word of God, dedicating your life to the service of God in the church, is somehow going to take care of this deep, dark thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you find out to your horror that, no, <laughs> it doesn't, and it makes it worse, and it's a trap and a snare, and the devil is, is, is on your shoulder constantly. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's It's a much, much different thing.
1: It's interesting, you know, I I saw it in seminary. There were some guys that through college, they belonged to the fraternity and they were total players. And, you know, they had a lot of girls and so forth and so on. And they kind of followed this through seminary a little bit, t- turned it down a little bit. But then they got out into the parish and went out in a blaze of glory because <laughs> yeah, the they that couldn't keep crash pants on, on. Crash you know? and burn. And, and you see it coming, but I I don't know what's going on. I think they're thinking that, you know, if I become a pastor, then God's going to sanctify me and I can, I can put this away or something. And they'll get married and they'll cheat on their wives and, and just ball of flame. And <laughs> the problem is they take their parishioners down with them. Yeah. Too many. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's, you know, the most shameful shameful part.
0: Although I will have to say of all the problems that are potentially attendant to having married clergy, and there are problems. And and you can you can think of some of them. First of all would be infidelity, mm-hmm. uh divorce. Uh also, you know, kids who act up. Let's face it. I mean, there's no guarantee that that pastors offspring are going to be godly children. Some of them are, you know, <laughs> they're, they're demon children. Um and and so you you always have you have problems with that. I mean, the, and and the man's distracted. And if you have if you have some difficulties in the family, whether it be health issues or other things, uh th- that can be a distraction too. However, I, I think the problems are far less than than the problems that the Catholic Church has had to bear right. yeah. uh, over the last decade or so. And and this has been going on a lot longer, but
1: now uh, in the Missouri Synod, when we have guys that really flare up, they tend to kill their wives. And
0: we've had That's some not cases nice. of this one yeah we've had a few of those but. <laughs> and and just a couple really. yeah the the thing is and and you you have to bear this in mind, I mean the church is a cross section of the society in yep. which it lives, yep. and so you <laughs> don't think that the don't think things are any different inside the church than they are outside the church uh forgiven, but no less you know we are Semel Eustace at Piccater all the way through and and you know it 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 comes to bear in, in that as well. I, could, I don't know about you, but I could not see being in the ministry single. Hmm. Now, this is kind of a curious thing, because see, in our Lutheran ministry, we have problems with single pastors, yeah. I think culturally.
1: I, I have a, a few friends who are single pastors, and, and they have a time of it. They, they really do, because if they stay single... Then the parish is saying, well, "What's wrong with pastor?" Yeah,
0: they're giving him the the
1: funny eye, or yeah. they're trying to marry him off to their daughters. Right, and, right. And, and then and then there's yeah, the the you know we'll, we'll bring any girl around, and that should be good enough for pastor. Right, and you if know, it's like not, there's not or, a match here. Or, or it keep him matter. away from the youth group. You right, know?
0: right. It, it's it's kind of funny, or he just doesn't sort of fit into the the culture of yeah. of, of and and yet uh, it's opposite. If you if you were to if you or I were to become Roman priests, I mean these days they wouldn't.
1: They wouldn't cause us to, to um, no to dissolve our, our marriage, yeah that's amazing, isn't it
0: but but uh, almost uniformly, I believe it is the case that uh, that uh, married priests are not received uh, you know by your basic
1: congregation as I understand, married priests are usually relegated to seminaries ministry. and that sort of prison, prison prison yeah chaplaincy that sort yeah. of thing, yeah but it, you know it's,
0: it's, it's part of the culture. And and certainly part of Roman Catholic culture is that your priests are are, are um, single and celibate. Here's the funny thing though, is is that they insist that the priests don't have anything that they can add or say about marriage. Right. I hear this a lot from ex Roman Catholics, you know, especially if I'm doing premarital stuff or that. With and, and one of them is like a Roman Catholic is, like, yeah, it's kind of cool because you know your pastors they're married and they 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 know what they're talking about on this <laughs> issue, which is which is a logical fallacy, you
1: know. I have some things to say about heroin addiction and I I've never tried the substance <laughs> myself, right? But, right. Uh, maybe, maybe the priest is just seen enough to know something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Accumulated experience. There's something right. to be said for that, but but uh, he, he, totally off topic, which is the way we roll. Uh, One of the things I wanted to get in is just a little nugget here. Thirteen popes were sons of other popes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> just, just for what it's that, worth, that little piece of papal history that just makes the church history such a delight, right, isn't right. it? Yeah, along with the female pope that uh, you know sort of crept in, or the divided papacy. Yeah, we well, had yeah, two th- at one two time, or three, or three, or three or whatever. Yeah. 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 So you, you have you have a, you have some mm. that you know, grandpa when he was pope. <laughs> and You go, wait a minute, <laughs> but uh, you know, in, in kind of summary, I, I think this this article really emphasizes that church authority is really limited to the apostolic authority of the scriptures and that uh, that the gift of celibacy given to a few but certainly not to all is is something that is a gift and not the result of a vow right and uh, and and finally that, that no active man can undo the creative word of god and and uh, to to do so is is really to just is to run roughshod over the word of god itself and uh, as as um, the confessors point out experience points out this is a futile exercise this will result in in scandal far worse than anything they were trying to prevent. I
1: I think you hit on the key. I think that this is the same problem of women's ordination, of gay ordination, and all the rest. It all comes down to the Word of God. And if you're going to put the Word of God in authority and subject yourself to it, You have to do that if you're going to do counsels and my opinions and all that above the Word of God. Well, then you're going to get all sorts of crazy. We're out of time. We'll see you next time on the God Whispers. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus friend Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend.